WBUR Podcasts, Boston. The Circle Round episode you're about to hear is a super special one. Recorded on August 13th, 2023 at Tanglewood, the summer home of the Boston Symphony Orchestra. This live event featured world-class musicians from the BSO, a star-studded cast of actors, and a wonderfully enthusiastic audience of Circle Round fans who journeyed from near and far to join us. You can learn more about our Circle Round events and how you can be a part of them on our website, wbur.org slash circle round. There's an old saying that goes, a painful truth is better than a pleasant lie. In other words, even if it's uncomfortable to be honest about something, it's better than being dishonest. And as we'll hear in today's story, dishonesty is definitely not the best policy. I'm Rebecca Shear, and welcome to Circle Round, live at Tanglewood in Lenox, Massachusetts. Today our story is called The Bitter Truth. Versions of this tale were originally told among the Ashanti people of West Africa. Joining me on stage is a fabulous cast of actors, Lauren Ambrose, Makania Chesser, Scott Cohen, Josh Gondelman, and Peter Riegert. And providing musical accompaniment is a world-class quintet from the Boston Symphony Orchestra, Rachel Childers on horn, Clint Foreman on flute, Catherine French on violin, Ben Levy on double bass, and Suzanne Nelson on bassoon. So circle around, everyone, for the bitter truth. queen had been fair and just and much beloved by her people. But the new queen was proud and power-hungry, fond of flattery and short of temper. When the new queen inherited her mother's crown, she also inherited her mother's one and only advisor, a woman by the name of Amara. Amara had guided and advised the former queen honestly and honorably for years and years. But when the new queen came to power, she decided she was going to make some changes. I have decided I'm going to make some changes. I shall hire three more advisors to join my team, each one especially picked by me. The queen wound up selecting three new advisors who were all what you would call yes men, since whatever the queen asked or suggested, they would always say yes. So... When the queen began to propose new policies, like, say, let's make this kingdom richer. We should double taxes on every person in the land. 
The three advisors never said no. Instead... Yes, we should absolutely double taxes, your majesty. On every person in the land. What an ingenious idea. But as for Amara... Ingenious? She dared to differ. If I may be so bold, your excellency, doubling taxes isn't ingenious, it's unfair. Especially for the citizens of this kingdom who can barely afford to pay taxes as it is, or put food on the table, I strongly urge you to reconsider. Well, whenever Amara spoke up like this, the three new advisors would just laugh. Ha ha ha! Hee hee hee! Ho ho ho! And say things to discredit their colleague. Amara has been at this job for far too long, your majesty. She can no longer distinguish the brilliant ideas from the bad. And your latest idea is brilliant. Well, fueled by the flattering fire of her sweet-talking yes-men, the queen kept suggesting more and more outrageous laws, like... We should boost the productivity of our people by increasing the official work week from five days to seven. And we should keep our people working with a sense of purpose and raise the retirement age to, I don't know, 100? After being in power for some time, the queen called her advisors together to see what her royal subjects thought of her new laws. Advisors, I want to know what my royal subjects think of my new laws. Do they like my policies? Am I popular with the people? Naturally, the sweet-talking trio immediately began to, you guessed it, sweet-talk. Oh, you are extremely popular, your majesty. Your royal subjects are loving your new laws. Just like when your mother ruled, the people are always smiling. And dancing in the streets. And singing. They've never been so happy and prosperous. But as for Amara... Actually, your excellency. She wasn't nearly as sweet. What my colleagues say simply is not true. Far be it from me to criticize the wisdom of your actions, your highness, but the people are not happy. They are not prosperous. Instead, they are miserable, constantly griping about how unfair and unjust your laws are. The queen was shocked. I am shocked! <laughs> how can you say such a thing, Amara, when your fellow advisors are telling me something completely different? Because they aren't telling you the truth. They're just telling you what you want to hear, since... Your Majesty, you mustn't listen to Amara. Like we said, she's been at this job for far too long. Yes! You should listen to us. Yes! We're the ones who know what's best. Yes! Do you think we would ever lead you astray? Yes! I mean, no! I mean, what was the question again? Amara cast an exasperated glance at the other advisors. Then she took a breath and turned toward the queen. Your Excellency, with all due respect, I advised your mother for so many years, and did I ever lead her astray? She turned to me for everything. Advice, guidance, support, friendship. Do you think I would offer you anything different? The queen gazed at Amara, and she cleared her throat and raised her head. <clears throat> Listen, you four. 
I have grown weary of this conversation, so I am going to change the subject. As you know, I am throwing a grand banquet this weekend, and... Yes, you are, Your Majesty. And it's going to be amazing. The party of the century. Right. And before the banquet can possibly happen, there's much to prepare. So while I go off and meet with the cooks, bakers, and music makers, how about you go and make me a new list of laws to pass? Yes, Your Majesty. Of course, Your Majesty. Whatever you say, Your Majesty. As you wish, Your Majesty. As the advisors swept out of the room, the queen let out a sigh. It was true that she was hosting a banquet, and there was much to prepare. But the main reason she asked her advisors to leave was she wanted time alone to think. What Amara said about my mother. It's true. Mother looked to that woman for everything, including friendship. But Amara never sees eye to eye with my other advisors. At all. So how do I know I can trust her? How do I know I can trust them? The queen's velvet robes trailed along the marble floor as she paced back and forth. I must see what's really going on among my royal subjects. What they really think of their new majesty, the queen. So I will go out into the kingdom disguised as a commoner. And I won't rest until I get the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, painful as it may be. What do you think the queen will learn when she ventures into the kingdom? We'll hear what happens after a quick break. Welcome back to Circle Round, live at Tanglewood in Lenox, Massachusetts. Today our story is called, The Bitter Truth. her people were faring under her rule. So, garbed in a servant's frock and cloak, she mounted a horse and galloped to the nearest village. And what she saw there <gasps> made her gasp. Goodness me! Look at these people! They look miserable! Many of them are clothed in rags and begging in the streets. From village to village the queen rode, and in each and every one, she saw the same thing. Unhappiness, misery, despair. I don't understand. Three of my four advisors have been telling me the people are singing and dancing in the streets. Yet Amara 
the advisor who served my mother so long and so well has always disagreed. Have the others been lying all this time? Has Amara been telling the truth? I must find out. The queen returned to the palace and spent the rest of the day thinking. By nightfall, she had come up with a plan. First thing the next morning, she paid a visit to the royal winemaker, who was making a special batch of wine for that weekend's grand banquet. The queen poured a tall glass and took a sip. Mmm, yum, it's perfect. She then asked the winemaker to deliver a vat of the wine to her private chambers. And please, leave the vat out on my balcony, uncovered. I know such fine wine shouldn't be exposed to the elements. It makes it go bad and bitter, but trust me, it's just what I need. All week long, the queen left the open vat of wine outside on the balcony. The summer sun beat down on it. Bugs flew into it, and at the end of the week, a day before the banquet, the queen poured a glass and took a sip. Ew! It's atrocious! But for my plan, it's perfect. That evening, the queen called her four advisors to her chamber. You called, your highness? How may we assist you? Ask us anything, and we're sure to say yes. Yeah, they are. Well, I called you here to ask for advice. You see, the royal winemaker has prepared a special wine for this weekend's banquet. I tasted his concoction and found it to be so delicious, so scrumptious, so sweet. But I want to make sure it is truly up to snuff. So I'd like each one of you to taste this wine and tell me what you think. We'd be happy to do that, Your Majesty. We would do anything for you. Anything. <laughs> Including lying to your face. Wonderful. I've set out four glasses here, so one at a time. Take a nice big drink and let me know if this wine will please my guests as much as it pleases me. The first advisor picked up his glass and took a gulp. Gulp? Immediately, he could taste how foul the wine was, and yet... Your taste is unquestionable, your majesty. The nose on this wine is, uh, like none I've ever experienced. It's truly one of a kind. You really think so? Yes! All right. Let's hear a second opinion. So the second advisor lifted his glass and took a swig. Swig. In an instant, he felt himself cringe from the awful taste. And yet... You are clearly a wine connoisseur. Your Majesty, this wine has fermented and fermented and fermented into a symphony of flavors. Is that what you think? Yes. Okay, let's get a third opinion. So the third advisor clutched his glass and took a chug. All at once, his taste buds went into shock. This wine was wretched, and yet... Wow, you 
You are completely on target, your majesty. This wine is uh, beyond compare. Your guests will never forget it. You really feel that way? Mm-hmm. Very well. Let's get a fourth opinion. Last but not least, Amara, what say you? I know you've always been at odds with the other advisors, but on this occasion, you must promise you will tell me the truth. Of course, Your Excellency. As I always did with your mother, I promise I will tell you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but. Amara lifted her glass and brought it to her lips. And faster than you can say sour grapes, she spit her mouthful of wine clear across the room. Your Excellency, this wine has gone bad, terribly bad. No one should drink this or they'll become dreadfully ill. When the other advisors heard Amara's words, they shook their heads back and forth. Well, you mustn't listen to her, Your Majesty. Amara has no idea what she's talking about. Like you said, this wine is out of this world. Out of this solar system. Out of this galaxy. Out of this universe. Out of this... What's bigger than a universe? Multiverse? No. Megaverse? Omniverse? Outerverse? Gigaverse? Enough! The queen gave her advisors a long, stern look. So once again, my advisors do not agree. Three of you are saying one thing, and one of you says another, which means someone is telling a lie. Someone has always been telling a lie, and I'm tired of it. So tell me, advisors, how do you advise that we deal with those who advise us so poorly? Those who lead us astray by telling lies to our face. The three yes-men immediately piped up. You should fire them, your majesty. Yes, throw them out. Show them the door. Give them the boot. The axe. The old heave-ho. The... All right. But Amara... The queen turned toward her mother's advisor and friend. We haven't heard what you think. How would you advise I deal with someone who tells me untruths? Amara took in a breath and let it out again. Then she looked the queen straight in the eye. Your Excellency, I have served you faithfully since you assumed the throne. Before that, I faithfully served your mother. And all this time, I have always spoken from my heart. Not once have I told an untruth. But, I have to say, for once, I agree with my fellow advisors. If a trusted advisor has lied to you, you shouldn't keep them in your service. You deserve better. There was a brief silence. Then the queen smiled. I thank you, Amara, for your honesty. And as for the rest of you, she turned to the yes-men. Your services are no longer needed. I now know that all this time you have been lying to me, leading me astray. So I'm going to give you the boot, the axe, the... What was the third one? The old heave-ho. <laughs> That's right, the old heave-ho. Will you please pack your things and leave this palace at once? 
the yes-men knew better than to argue. So, what else could they say except... Yes! After that day, Amara became the queen's one and only advisor. And the queen became a whole new ruler. She became fair and just and much beloved by her people. As with her mother before her, there was singing and dancing in the streets. And the people were happy and prosperous. Because the queen now knew that as far as policies go, sometimes honesty truly is the best one. Even if the truth can be a bitter pill or glass to swallow. Now it's your turn. Imagine you're a queen, a king, or some other ruler, and it's time to choose a new advisor. What three traits would you want your advisor to have? Think about those traits, then share them with a family member or friend. After that, ask them to tell you what three traits they would want in an advisor. This week's story, The Bitter Truth, was adapted by me, Rebecca Shear. It was edited by Sophie Codner. Eric Shimalonis composed our original music and conducted our world-class quintet from the Boston Symphony Orchestra. Rachel Childers on horn, Clint Foreman on flute, Catherine French on violin, Ben Levy on double bass, and Suzanne Nelson on bassoon. Special thanks to our actors at Tanglewood, Lauren Ambrose, Makania Chesser, Scott Cohen, Josh Gondelman, and Peter Riegert. Lauren Ambrose is an Emmy, Tony, and Grammy nominee from the award-winning Showtime series Yellow Jackets. She's also starred in Servant on Apple TV Plus and Six Feet Under on HBO. Makania Chesser is a company member at the esteemed Shakespeare and Company, where she has starred in numerous plays. She's appeared at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. and on the HBO series The Wire. Scott Cohen has starred in such television hits as The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Gilmore Girls, Billions, Necessary Roughness, Allegiance, and The Tenth Kingdom, as well as the romantic comedy Kissing Jessica Stein. Josh Gondelman is a regular panelist on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the weekly NPR news quiz. He's also a stand-up comedian and Emmy Award-winning television writer. Peter Riegert is an actor and director with nearly 100 TV and film credits, including Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Disjointed on Netflix, plus Animal House, Crossing Delancey, and Local Hero. He also hosts the podcast Peter Riegert's Vocal Heroes. We also want to thank everyone at the Boston Symphony Orchestra and Tanglewood for their amazing assistance, including Anthony Fogg, Amy Aldrich, David chandler Wynn, Emily W. Siders, Rebecca Mansfield, Raylan Murthel, Stephen Palacio, James Campbell, Ricardo Mora, Paul Ginocchio, Mark Rulison, and Leah Sagan-Dworski. Circle Round's artist is Sabina Hahn. Sabina has created a black and white picture for every Circle Round story, including this one, and you can print them out and color them in. Grown-ups, find all 200-plus Circle Round coloring pages on our website, wbur.org slash circle round. Circle Round is a production of WBUR, Boston's NPR news station. I'm Rebecca Shear. Thanks for circling around with us. Now that you've made it to the end of this Circle Round episode, we want to know, what's your favorite Circle Round story? Thousands of fans just like you have been telling us about the Circle Round stories they like best. Take a listen. Maybe one of their favorites is one of yours, too. 
Hi, my name is Coco. I live in Bountiful. My favorite circle round story is the banana split. I like the part where they have to split the bananas. Hi, my name is Anna, and I live in the town. And my favorite circle round story is the banana split. And my favorite part is when Turtle wins the race. My name is Elliot. I'm from Ohio. I will tell you right now my favorite episodes: Salad the Dragon, Why the Ocean is Salty, The Happiest Person in the World, Rice Cakes and the Oni, Owner of the Sun, The Woman Who Lived in the Vinegar Bottle, The Lion's Whisker, The Answer You Seek, and Latchkey Stew. My name is William, and my favorite circle is the Parakeet Flower. And my favorite part when the light jumps outside and chase the birds away. My name is Elma, and I live in Wisconsin. My favorite circle round story is Katya the Quick because Katya becomes the queen's advisor. Hi, my name is Sunny, and my favorite circle round is Stella and the Dragon. And I like the part where Stella has all the gold. My name is Sophia. I live in Iowa. My favorite story is the never-ending stories. We love you, Rebecca Shear. Did someone mention a story you've missed? Not to worry. Grown-ups, you can find all of our Circle Round stories, plus links to the Circle Round Club, picture books, coloring pages, and oh so much more on our website, wbur.org slash circle round.